Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. No, I saw Tom Brady say something about there's a lot of bad football being played or something like that. Um, a lot of teams are like three and three, three and four, and, and all that stuff. Uh, I think defenses are, you know, the explosion of, of last year. There's a lot of explosive plays. Um, really, offense kind of, you know, took off last year, I felt like. So, I don't know, maybe defenses are, you know, a lot of too high, a lot of, you know, shell coverage and stuff like that, making people check the ball down, take the underneath stuff, which I know we've had to deal with that. Um, I think I would do the same if I, you know, if I was a defensive coordinator, kind of a, a bend but don't break type of mentality. Make these, you know, all these. There's so many great athletes on offense, so many great players in today's league, so competitive that um, I think you know it's tough to put guys in you know situations where they're playing man or um, where they can get beat. So yeah, I would, yeah, I, I, uh, I would probably do the same. That's Kyler Murray, quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals, earlier this week, talking about something we discussed earlier, and actually we've discussed it uh, throughout the year. Not only from a Cardinals standpoint, and Kyler's right. Like if you look at the way defenses are attacking offenses right now, with all these highly paid quarterbacks, and there's been a flood of big fat contracts given out to wide receivers as well, Bick. But we're seeing a lot of dink and dunk offense. Yeah. And earlier in the show, we talked about the, the Vikings' approach to it. And under their new head coach, Kevin O'Connell, this new offensive system, even with all these playmakers, it's been a very, very gradual moving down the field. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins, yards per attempt, way down. Kyler Murray, at this point of the season, his yards per attempt, down two. 7.9 per attempt last year. It's 5.9, which is near the bottom of the league. But you hear him talk about it. You know, these defenses are forcing you to check it down. You know what this led me to believe yesterday? What? If I was a general manager, I would never pay another wide receiver ever again. <laughs> well, it, it's football. If this is the trend. Yeah. Football, very, very cyclical sport. And I think if this is indeed a trend, uh, the, the dink and dunk offense basically happens when a defense comes up and, and kind of creates a, a half shell mm-hmm. on that side of the football field. And they just kind of play back and let everything happen in front of them. So as an offense and a quarterback, you're like, wow, this guy's wide open. He might only be two yards past the line of scrimmage, but I'm going there and I'm going there and I'm going there. And it and it looks easy, but the stress accumulates because you're always in third and four, third and three, and then you get a penalty. Okay, suddenly it's an issue now. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a mistake, you have a drop pass, suddenly it's an issue now. And it's like the Saints, for instance. A dude gets a pass right in his hand, and he just kind of tips it up in the air, and next thing you know, Marco Wilson's heading into the end zone with it. The only way you can get defenses to stop playing that way is to complete those drives regularly or pound the ball at them running running the ball, yes. where they have to bring people up to challenge you at the line of scrimmage. And we've look, we've seen the end the NFL get away from paying running backs, and they've started to pay wide receivers. I think you're right on the money. I think I think the the clapback from the football we're seeing. And the dinking and dunking we're seeing is going to lead to just that. Yeah, and a lack of big plays. The Cardinals' longest pass play this year is still 32 yards through seven games, which is amazing. 
The Minnesota Vikings have Justin Jefferson, who's got a 64-yard touchdown to his credit this year. That's their longest play from scrimmage. He's the only receiver with a, with a catch of more than 28 yards. So it's not just the Cardinals. It's not just the Vikings. I mean, watch the San, uh, the uh, Los Angeles Chargers play or you know, watch the New York Jets and the stats that came out of their win last week where they completed three passes of five or more air yards. I mean, it has made, for me... And I know I'm not alone. I think the NFL, from quality of play and just watching play-to-play on any given Sunday, Thursday, whatever, it's been the most boring I can remember. Do you think this is just a cyclical self-correction from the last like six or seven years where the Andy Reid Chiefs offense and now the, the Sean McVay Rams offense sort of took the league by storm and everybody tried to copycat them? Well, I mean, so the whole league tried to adjust to that, and now we're seeing the adjustments to that? Th- those two offenses that you just brought up are still doing—they're doing a lot of dinking and dunking, too. They've just got— Better, they're better at it than everybody else, and the creativity that they use is better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know, to your point, Jarrett, and what what Bick just brought up too. This is a cyclical league, and it is a copycat league, and and who knows, maybe in in the next few years you'll see it shift in the other direction. Yeah, well, listen, the, the key to this is is okay. So if if you're going to capitalize on a defense that allows you to dink and dunk up the field again, you've got to be able to sustain drives without making mistakes. It 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 requires a lot of structure, it requires a lot of discipline, and it requires guys not making mental errors, guys mm-hmm. not making mistakes that throw that drive off schedule, because then that's when the that that defensive shell strategy works to perfection. And, and, and more than anything, if if you're going up against a defense that's allowing you to do that, the proverbial bend but don't break defense, if you're going up against it, the key is you've got to score red zone touchdowns. Because if you if you possess the ball seven, eight minutes and you come away with field goal attempts, it's a win for the other team. Yes, and how many drives of 15 or more, yard, or more plays that ended in field goal attempts have the Cardinals had? I think it's up to like five or six this year. Yeah, it's like that doesn't take a toll on the offense too. One of the reasons why people loved the Bruce Arians Cardinals wasn't just because of his personality, baby. It was because they went up over the top all the time and people love watching deep passes in football. It's the most exciting thing, right? Yes. Quarterback when the quarterback launches it you're like, "Holy cow." Well, and uh, again, I mean, the Cardinals for instance, DeAndre Hopkins makes how much money? 27 million dollars mm-hmm. a year. Mhm. He makes that much money because he's really good at what he does. And we talked about it all, you know, all last week on his return. He doesn't need to be open to catch the ball. That is true five yards down the field. It's true 15 yards down the field. It's true 40 yards down the field. He is superior at what he does, yet the, the thinking is because of these, th- these coverages, well, we, we, we have to take what they're giving us. No, take what you want. <laughs> It feels like I, I'm, I'm filling out my resume right now. I, I'm oh. updating my resume. I want to be an offensive coordinator. Really? We're just deep passing. Done. The whole the, the whole game is just deep passing. Well, that, I mean that <laughs> that is a big problem, especially with the Cardinals, is not imposing their will on other teams. You know, so much reactionary rather than making the other team react to you. Yes, it, and it's very it can be very frustrating and boring to watch. The Eagles just announced they are returning to Footprint Center March first, twenty twenty three, for the Hotel California twenty twenty three tour. Tickets go on sale today at ten a.m. But you can win a pair now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Coming up next, lots to talk about football, lots to talk about basketball. Baseball's kind of fallen off the wayside, but you know what? The World Series starts today. We'll get into 
into that and more next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Oh, it is Friday. It's football season, so it's a football Friday. But there's baseball on tap today, too. After uh, after a delay, four days since uh, we last saw baseball, the World Series gets underway tonight in Houston. The yeah. Astros and the Phillies. I'm sure the matchup everybody anticipated. No, <laughs> no, it's it's not. There's and there's a lot of stuff in this World Series that I find to be a little bit compelling. Okay, so we know the Astros in their recent vintage. They've got one World Series title that was as filthy as filthy gets. Right, 2017. Okay. Yes. Does does winning a World Series now help that? I don't. I think there's a group of people that will never forget. Um, yeah, they're called I, Dodgers fans. I didn't listen to it, um, but I read the headlines. Joe Kelly, who's a very outspoken relief pitcher in Major League Baseball, said, "Yeah, the, the people will never get over 2017. Right? It was it was filthy. I think was the word yeah. that he used. Yeah, because there's there's a lot of people was that feel so that way. brazen, and so it was it was kind of not dissimilar to what ASU did in terms of recruit, hosting recruits in a pandemic. It's there's a level of ooh to it, right? Yeah." Yeah, there's a level of oot ew to what the, the banging on garbage cans. The difference is the banging on garbage cans actually led to success. That there is some difference. There, <laughs> right? That's true. If you're gonna cheat, you better win. Yes, uh, the cheat ni- better. Yeah, the 19 win difference between these two teams, second largest ever in the World Series. Oh, what was the first? Uh, the Cubs and the White Sox. The Cub. The Cubs in 1906 had won 116 games, the White Sox 93. Guess what? White Sox won that series. You remember those teams? You remember those teams, don't uh, you, Vinny? Sure. No, I don't. I, I don't. No. 1906? Cap Anson! Yeah. That was before <laughs> Hack That's Wilson. Good. <laughs> I don't even know if Cap Anson Houston was on the team. has not lost a postseason game. Shoeless Joe. That is right. Yeah. They've swept two. Yeah. So, uh, so do you know what postseason team, what other postseason team went undefeated in the postseason to win a World Series? Ooh, ooh, it's got to be, it's got to be back in the day. Was it one is of the it, Red is teams? It, is it a team that had to win more than one series to win a championship? It, right, it was just two series. Okay, yeah. so we're talking about like late '60s to mid '90s is the window we're looking it. at. You got it. Um. Yeah, was it? 76 Reds, Vinny. You remember those teams, don't you? Yeah, the famous. Morgan, Dendreesen. It's so funny. That particular series, I was I was a child then. Mm-hmm. They they swept the Yankees in the World Series in 1976. Uh, I have recollection of the previous World Series between the Reds and the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. I have no recollection at all. And, and growing up in New York and being like, my dad was a diehard Yankee fan at the time. I have no recollection of that World Series. I don't even think I've seen footage on YouTube of that World Series. <laughs> That's how, the, do, how quick it was over. Do you think of the big sporting events in America, the World Series has dropped off the most in not prestige, but just sort of like excitement, anticipation, what a big deal it is compared to how it was? It depends on the matchup to me. It, I, um, I, yeah, I think that's a good point. But yeah. generally speaking, yes. Yeah, generally speaking, uh, a World Series starting on a Friday night, when it, it to me, is a failure. Uh, that is, that's among the least valuable television property there is. Well, thinking back to when it was kind of 
uniform, it was always a Sunday night beginning, correct? Yeah. 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 Yeah, to start the your your premier event on a Friday night, which is normally when television execs will tell you, don't put anything good on Friday yeah, night. Every, because no one's home. Yeah. Yeah. They, clock Eastern. Right. They right. probably didn't want to go up against Thursday night football. That's exactly as what they As crazy as that do. sounds. There are zero black players in this World Series for the first time mm-hmm. since 1950, which was only three years after Jackie Robinson broke Major League Baseball's color barrier. No U.S.-born black players in the World Series. Amazing. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, it's also the Bryce Harper World Series. I guess the question becomes, can a team like the Phillies get hot and stay hot and win a series against a team like Houston that has just elite pitching? And I think, regrettably, the answer is no. They've made mincemeat of the of the postseason so far. Again, you said it. They've swept two series. Who does that? No. Yeah, right. The Astros are the best team in baseball for a large portion of the league other than the Dodgers. Like, they were the second best team in baseball. So yeah, They won 106 games, and, mm-hmm. and like you said, their, their pitching has been elite. I was looking up, I mean, they've swept the postseason with one of their most important players. Jose Altuve, at one point in the playoffs, was 0 for 23. wonder why he's struggling. Hmm. <laughs> I was like, at that point, I was like, can somebody bang a trash can for this guy? I think, yeah, somebody, yeah. But I think that's what's sort of where the way Dan started the conversation. I think the one intrigue this World Series does have to the casual baseball fan is the, the still resentment that a lot of people hold against the Astros. So sort of the Phillies become America's an team. Yeah, an underdog. Um, I don't know if you saw this. This is not, um, for an economy right now that's kind of up and down right now, no one knows if it's going to head back up or crash. Mm-hmm. There's data out there that shows every time the Phillies win the World Series, something bad happens to our economy. Oh, Have you seen that? Yeah, the last, time they, uh, the last time they won was 2008. Whoops. Cool. Yeah. What happened yeah, to your, cool. what happened to your right. housing value yeah, in 2008? Right. Don't say that to Sarah. They're just becoming homeowners. <laughs> and before that was 1980? Yes. Uh, that was a pretty bad time. That was yeah. entering the... Yeah. yeah. And it goes all the way back to the early 1900s. It's like clockwork. Go Astros! Yeah. But yeah and, <laughs> and, and then then to me, what I think is going to be the the best scene is, this is such a crazy good time for, for a Philly sports fan, right? Oh, yeah. Right down to their soccer team. Not down to their basketball team, though. Game three of that uh, in Philly and game four, especially if uh, game three in particular, because either way, the series will not be over then. No. Game three is going to be a great scene. Great, great scene. Yeah. They were already greasing the poles on Broad Street. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be prepared. Got to clean up that horse poop so that uh, nobody but, eats I, it. I mean, generally speaking, to Jared's point, though, about the popularity, I mean, there was a time in my life, and I think a lot of baseball fans mm-hmm. at different points of their life felt this way. It was the World Series. Yeah. It was non-negotiable. You were watching it. Every game, every pitch, didn't matter what the matchup was. Mm-hmm. To your point, Bick, it depends on the matchup now. Yeah. And yeah. this one, eh. Well, the World Series used to be the only time you ever got to see the American League versus the National League. Yes. Other than the All-Star game. But a Friday, Saturday, game game one and two. So, you, I mean, f- the Friday night entertainment factor Saturday college football, 
and you're in the midst of the NFL season. And there's yeah. so much that's built, you know, against this particular matchup and the way it's structured. Right. That's right. Yeah. Um, hey, listen, the, the Philly sports fan. I think I've told you this story before. I was in Philadelphia uh, one of the years that Philadelphia won the NFC Championship in Philly, and I, I come out of the stadium after writing my column, and it was just insane. The amount of lawlessness, the amount of uh, of people just kind of throwing snowballs at cops and not caring. Yeah, but that happens a lot there. <laughs> Good point. I get on a media bus back to the hotel, which is about a mile and a half away, and the bus starts going slowly down Broad Street, and these but these eagle drunk eagle fans go, "Hey, look! There's the other team's bus!" And they all came up to our bus and started rocking the bus. They thought we were the team that their team just beat. And, 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 and cops are just like, "Hey, we're we're not getting involved." No, they couldn't come help because you had the sign that said, "If this bus is a rocking, don't come a knocking." So, okay. I just want to clarify something. Yeah. That horse poop comment, that's a real thing that happened. Jarrett looked at me like, what the hell did you just say? Yeah. Do you guys remember that when the Eagles won the World, uh, the World Series, the Super Bowl, they were like the, the police horses. Uh-huh. There was waste in the street, and there's video that went crazy viral of fans picking no! it up and eating it. I did not make this up, you guys. I'm... I'm not that disgusting. Well, if look, if they're going to eat scrapple, it's it's not it's not far away <laughs> same, from that. Same. It's not far away. It's not that. It's, that's some delicious poop there. Oh, put a little cheese whiz on it. Yeah. Make it totally yeah. Philly. Give uh. me some of that horse poop. Wit whiz. If you mm. just, man, this is delicious poop. <laughs> Google it. Oh, that's TMZ disgusting. has the video. Um, it no, is disgusting. No, I'm not Googling that. Wait, how am I the only one who knew this happened? I'm not doing it. Coming up next. Poop fest. Sarah will, uh, I, I guess, take us through the big stories <laughs> no of the day. No questions, none. <laughs> Rush Hour Reboot is next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Mm, that's them. some delicious poop. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. The happiest of Fridays to you all here on Bickley Amarada Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. A football Friday. Oof, I'm ready. Do I say that every single Friday? I probably do. That's all right. It's fine. Well, that's fine. Maybe I could use a, a reboot. Like here on the Rush Hour <laughs> Reboot, am I right? Hey! Hey! I'm Sarah Cazell taking you through the top stories of the day with Dan Bickley. Hey! <laughs> Vince Murata. At last, we meet for the first time for the last time. Ooh. Ooh. Ominous. <laughs> Mysterious. Jarrett Carlin. After you've pooped, that's probably the oh. shame coming out in your voice. <laughs> oh, gosh. what? I don't know the context of that. <laughs> I guess it doesn't that was, matter. That was earlier this week. That was. I yeah. just. I already don't remember why yeah. Why we were talking about that. I'm okay. starting to tune out all the... Material I poop my diaper. To, to that stuff. Yeah, like yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> I need to weed through the uh, poop pits in the library. All right. Cardinals have the Vikings on Sunday. That's a 10 a.m. kick Arizona time from U.S. Bank Stadium. Vikings are off to a hot start at 5-1, and one, and they're coming off of a bye week. So their injury, injury report has zero people on it. In fact, it actually has one person, but he's been a uh, full participant in practice all week. So I don't know. Is that just to laugh at us? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings secondary, definitely one of the more struggling secondaries in the league this season. That group includes former Cardinal Patrick Peterson. 
Not surprisingly, he is looking forward to this matchup on Sunday. Here he is on his podcast. Remember this? The All Things Covered podcast? Oh, yeah. With his co-host, Brian McFadden. We got a home game. And I know Skull Nation. They're going to be fired up. Vikings are 5-1 trying to improve on that said uh, record. And hopefully, Pat P, man, you know them interceptions, they come mm-hmm. in bunches. You know, you want to... You wanna... That they do. You want to you wanna fall in some do. more? You about to say something? Hey. Yeah, I am about to say something. What you got? I'm getting two October 30th. I'm getting two October 30th. Watch what I say. I like that. Okay, he's calling his shot here. Patrick Peterson is going to get not one, but two interceptions against the Cardinals on Sunday. And Dan Bickley, that's uproarious laughter coming from you. Are you buying this? No. I... It's just <laughs> watch what I say. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's quite funny. He's had this more was, than two interceptions in a season, only five times in twelve I, I years. Was, oh. I, I, Patrick Peterson. I used to love the guy. He's got a great personality. He's, he's just hysterical. The the malaprops, the mixed metaphors, the the get gate, the get gate. Yeah, all that stuff. Pretty good I, player I, too. Very amusing. Yeah. He, he 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 has been a very good player. I don't yeah. know how good he is now. What I was going to say before, <laughs> when I was about to say, honestly, I watched Patrick Peterson get smoked in the preseason, and I didn't even know he was still on the Vikings. I oh. thought he got cut. <laughs> okay. So how should the Cardinals let's attack the Vikings this. then? Okay, let's just deal with this. It, one thing Kyler Murray has been doing really well this year, while not being as accurate as he's been throwing the ball, he's protecting the ball. He's not throwing dumb interceptions. And, and he's had little bouts with them here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, as a whole for his career, he's been really good about not being not being Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. Not throwing turnovers. Okay, true, yeah. Not true. throwing games away. Yeah. And, and so he's been re- really good at that. The fact that he would throw two to Patrick Peterson this weekend, uh, none of us want to see that, first of all. I just I just think it's just laughable because you heard me laughing yeah. uproariously that Patrick <laughs> Peterson felt compelled to do that. Because you would think at this stage in his career, you, you would know better than to try to voice something like they that. They come in bunches. <laughs> they come That's in. what we hear. Yeah, so do honey bunches of oats. Ooh, delicious. I'm, what a no, taste I'm, I'm curious so to see how much Peterson sees uh, Hopkins on, on Sunday. Because uh-huh. I think it, it, you know, again, I'm not piling on Patrick Peterson. He's not the same player he once was. I right. think that would be a big advantage. To the, to the Cardinals there, I, and I think you know the Vikings coaching staff is going to have to scheme to to keep Hopkins in check. But yeah, I mean, people got to you got to get people to listen to the podcast for something, right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah, right. Going and searching for that episode gave me flashbacks to when he was still on the Cardinals right, yeah, and still doing right. the show here. Are you going to click on a headline that says Patrick Peterson just hopes to have a nice day against the Cardinals? <laughs> no, no. no he hopes right. everyone has a good okay. time. Classic Pat Pete. <laughs> Pat Pete, yes. Okay, let's get on to the Phoenix Suns. They play tonight in downtown Phoenix. Vince Morata will be on the mic once again. Uh, both of these teams are 3-1, and one, the Suns and the New Orleans Pelicans. The Suns have wins over the Mavs, the Clippers, and the Warriors, and the Pelicans have wins over the Nets, the Hornets, and also the Mavs. They beat them by two earlier this week. Now, DeAndre Ayton said yesterday that even though it's only the second week of the regular season, it already feels like the playoffs to him. Let me just tell you this. From the start of the season, we've been feeling like we're playing playoff basketball. Now, you know what I'm saying? We've been playing hard as heck. 
Practice has been intense. Going at each other. So yeah, I mean, we expecting a long playoffs game through this regular season. Every game is going to be tough. It's not easy winning that game. Yeah, so we're expecting everybody to throw their their best blow. They're expecting everyone's best blow is what he said at the very end. Now, the Pelicans are very likely not going to be at full strength. We know that Brandon Ingram is out, and they've got some key players who are questionable to play, including Zion Williamson, C.J. McCollum, and everyone's favorite defensive pest, Jose Alvarado. Uh, there was a lot of anticipation earlier in the week in the lead-up to the Suns-Warriors game. What kind of weight are you guys going to put on this game tonight? Depends who plays. If... if if the Pelicans are really marginalized and their best offensive players aren't playing and Zion isn't playing, then then to me it's just uh, it's just it's just a game. It's just a regular season game. Yeah, I'm not putting that much weight on it, and I'm trying to do that by design this year because of the overreaction that I was guilty of game to game last year. It's it's one. I'm going to go cliche here. It's one. Of, it. It's one of eighty two. <laughs> They're all big. <laughs> right, but but Bick's right. I mean. The way we look at the NBA now is especially engaging the quality of wins or the severity of losses. Who played for the other team? The, who, did, who did they have? Who did they not have? Here, right. And here's the other thing about the NBA. It's sort of a corollary to what Vinny says he hates about the fact that teams that try hard to win in the regular season kind of are looked at with disdain. Like, yeah. uh, how... Losers. Uh, yeah, right. Losers. Weirdos. Right, weirdos. Russell Wilson. Right, yeah. What so, a bunch of dorks. So there's so there's the corollary to all of that happens to be that you get into games now, and if a team is rolling hot, and if a team is in your conference, it's very easy for the other team to go, we're not going to we're not gonna allow them to make a statement. Mm-hmm. So let's just let's. Th- that's the Greg Popovich special. Yeah. Pop used to do that all the time. Yeah, resting some starters tonight. Yeah, yeah. right, right. So you can enjoy your win over the Spurs. Right, <laughs> take that. Yeah, right. Remember that? Remember that? How that used to drive the previous owner crazy? Flapping chicken wings at Greg Popovich. That was during a preseason game too, by the way. <laughs> wow. How times have changed in the NBA. Previous Amazing. owner. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, the well, son's still the owner. Yeah. But, no, I know when you said that, I was like. Wow, that sounds nice. (laughs) Almost, almost there. Uh, The Suns and the Pelicans will tip off at 7 o'clock tonight. That will be on this here station and on the Arizona Sports app uh, and also at Footprint Center if you're looking for some Friday night plans. There you go. Yeah. We're all rebooted. Thank you, you, Sarah. Rush Hour Reboot every morning at 7.30. Coming up next in sports, man, right now, it's hard to be the GOAT. Some weird parallels going on with some of the biggest names in sports. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Ak Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I think we've covered pretty much everything. You know, we're just struggling red areas, struggling third down, struggling run game, uh, two point plays, um, short yardage, backed up, start first quarter, start of the third quarter. Not very good offense football. People don't think I need to air that stuff out. That's their opinion. But I'm doing what I think is the best interest of our guys. And I've tried a lot of different things from a leadership standpoint this year. And. 
You know, I was just relating my personal feelings on the situation. I didn't call anybody out by name. I'm alerting everybody that this hasn't been good enough and we all got to do a little better job. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, two of the most successful quarterbacks of all time. Two-time reigning MVP, a guy who's got seven Super Bowl rings. They can't get out of their own way right now. Uh, neither one of them playing well. Uh, and it's not just a football thing, Bick. Mm-hmm. We are you know, more than a week now into the NBA season, and the some of the great players in the NBA are off to really rough starts. Not necessarily as bad individually, but the team results have been disastrous. I, for I, LeBron yeah. James, for Kevin Durant, for yeah. Russell Westbrook, guys like that. I've never seen anything like this. We, we've been seeing in sports this trend of athletes stretching out their careers to boundaries and places that nobody ever thought was possible in the past. And now it seems to be all coming to an end for all of them simultaneously. I'm talking about the world of tennis with Roger Federer uh-huh. and Rafael Nadal, who who might be one, two majors away from calling it quits. And Serena Williams. Serena Williams, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. And now you look in the sport of basketball, the two best players in basketball a few years ago, the guys who were one and one A or one and two, LeBron James, Kevin Durant. I don't know where this thing is going. Yeah. Now, I, I, I think Kevin Durant's got stuff left in the tank. I think LeBron does as well, but I think they're both sliding. And and I don't know I don't know where this Brooklyn thing is going to go given how this season was prefaced with with the yes. calls for the jobs. So you don't know for Steve Nash to lose his mind the other night the way he did. Kind of gave you an insight because Steve Nash generally doesn't operate like that. No, he's, so, he's usually pretty mild-mannered. Yeah. So maybe he was doing that to help out a team to keep the team together, but well, not only is it if you look at the individuals, and let's focus on the four individuals you just mentioned, LeBron, KD in basketball, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers in football. There's some obviously some personal accountability on all four of those guys. But how much do you consider what they are going through right now, either team chemistry issues or failures by front office to address needs in roster construction? Mm-hmm. I think there's an Both. element to yeah. all of it. Yeah. Especially with the Lakers, but but the, yes. but, but here's the difference and because the, I think the Packers too, quite honestly. Yeah, well, yes, yeah. yeah I, see, I think here's where I think LeBron and Aaron Rodgers are kind of in the same boat, and that is uh, as both they are struggling now. The Lakers and the Packers, Aaron Rodgers and LeBron James, everyone is pointing fingers and blaming everyone around them. People are ba- blaming Jeannie Buss, the culture of the Lakers, for not constructing the team properly. They're failing to realize that LeBron has basically been the de facto GM. Yes. Whatever LeBron wants, LeBron has gotten. So if it doesn't work, that it, that that's kind of LeBron's fault. You can't wash your hands from that. And, and so I don't. How bad is this going to get for the Lakers this year? How bad is this going to get for LeBron? They haven't won a game no, yet. One, one can only dream. No, and, and and they are again probably the worst shooting team ever assembled. They will, <laughs> and they'll have those outlier games uh-huh. where they hit, they hit some shots. But you know how bad is it? We, we yesterday our mock our mock my world topic was celebrity sports fans. One guy that didn't get picked was Flea. Who's a giant Lakers fan? Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm-hmm. the world, the world famous bassist. Um, he's tweeting about it now. Did you see what he tweeted no, about the Lakers? No, dear Rob Palinka, do something now. Either blow it all up and rebuild, or mortgage the future to fix the lack of chemistry and skill on this basketball team. Do not let another season meander its way down the drain, wasting the great LeBron James sunset of his career. 
Wow. They make it sound like it's easy to trade Russell Westbrook and get like something <laughs> yeah, in return well, to help them. Again. But you have to now. You uh, what you said is very interesting, Jarrett. You have to factor in the fact that this is the Lakers and that fan base is used to to stars magically appearing on demand. Yeah, yes. it happened with Anthony Davis. I mean, essentially for no good reason, he just decided to want, he wanted to go play. It and happened with LeBron. Guess yeah. what? That's the guy they should trade. Anthony Davis mm. still could have some value. Yeah. Although, did you watch their last game? <laughs> again. Yes, I did watch the last yeah, I got game. Hurt again. The grimacing, the grabbing the back every time he jumps. It, I, I, it is... I've never seen a basketball player fall more awkwardly. No. It's, it, he almost looks at time like, times like he's throwing himself to the ground. Like that famous scene in Caddyshack, you know, when the boat capsizes, and at the end of it, that one person throws themselves off the bus. It's like, right. It's, it's like the stupidest Tumbles thing you've ever seen. Yeah, just voluntarily like, jumps off the boat, right? That's, we, go, we only got one shot at this. Make it look good. So uh, Anthony Davis, uh, the, the la- latest crash, I'm like, dude, you, you barely jump anymore. Why can't you land on your feet? I, I don't know what's up with that cat. I really don't. I, I, I don't think it's cats land on their feet. Yes. No, that's not a cat. No, no, he's a no. On, on the Kevin Durant thing, it'll be. It's going to be very interesting the way this season plays out. If it keeps being a disaster like yeah. this, does it make it more likely that he will then re-demand a trade? It's well, got to blow up. It, it has it, to. It, it has it. to. But it, it's going to go gradually. And right now, where it stands is. People are pointing at, at two individuals. Steve Nash is, is going to be the first to pay for it with his job, in my opinion. Ben Simmons is a disaster. <laughs> he is the worst offensive player in basketball. And he airballed a layup last night, too, to just see yeah, it. Yeah. But already his teammates are saying, give him a chance. He hasn't played in a long time. Give him, he's broken. Did you see there was a there was a sports gambling nugget that came out that said there was an over under on points to be scored by Ben Simmons and it was at eight. Ninety like ninety eight percent of the people took the under and he scored four. Oh. <laughs> people just cashing in this entire season. Right. right. On, on that particular bet. I've seen that. Yep. Yes. So of those it's, four it's simple. I mean it's it's very simple. You can't score in basketball if you don't shoot. <laughs> so of those four, LeBron Durant, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Who is most likely to turn their season around, both for the team and themselves? You can throw Chris Paul onto the list, maybe. Chris Paul, I'm giving a little bit of, okay, just because he had that one last good slide, game. Right? He had yeah, a right. good game the last yeah, game. Yeah, he, he's been too good to us. We can't we can't hate on Chris Paul like that. I'm not throwing him into that mix. <laughs> that dysfunctional soup. Uh-huh. Uh, of those four, ooh. I would be tempted to say Rodgers. But I think the team is going to mutiny against him because he's obviously not going to back down from this. And, man, you want to talk about a guy who loves hearing himself talk. Oh, it is goodness. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm think, go- I think I'm, going, Kevin, I'm going with Durant yeah, or Brady. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably Durant. I think out of the four guys you just mentioned, he's the guy with, with the most stuff left. I mean, LeBron is still really good, but all he's doing is hanging outside the three-point line, jacking up three-point shots. It's what, They're an abomination. LeBron probably thought the last couple of years, I'll be able to pace myself during the season, yeah. and then I'll turn it on in the playoffs mm-hmm. like he did in the bubble. 
and the last two years he's having to go like so hard every game. He led the league in scoring last year, right? And it still wasn't good enough. But he's also not been totally available either. He he's had some injury yeah, issues. Yeah, no, as well. he's breaking down for the first time it, in his career. It, it is fascinating it that is. all of these things are happening at the same time. And you're seeing all these all-time greats, their careers are extended longer than ever before in modern sports because of nutrition, because of resting, because of all this stuff. But the age does catch up to you, and we're seeing this unprecedented greatness to a certain time, and now they're finally oh, all catching up. This is going to be the new norm, is, is athletes playing into their 40s because of what you just mentioned, Jared. Nutrition, science, the investment these athletes, because of the ridiculous money they make, the investment that they put back into their bodies. Load their management. Careers. The guys in the 50s, they weren't doing any of that. Mickey no. Mantle drank his body weight every night. <laughs> Cryo chambers? Then he went then he went out and dominated the next day. Yeah. How much does LeBron <laughs> spend on his body every year? What's uh, some ridiculous feet? It's just ridiculous. Yeah. 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 It's insane. But Father Time will still be undefeated at the end of it. Uh, coming up next, we're halfway through on this Friday. Bick's got your blast straight ahead. It's Bickley Murata mornings live from the Akchin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.